Hey folks, this is Austin Suter, editor at United We Pray, reminding you that in addition to our podcast, we are regularly posting articles on our website. And I wanted especially to highlight something new that we are doing, which is more long-form, thoughtful, academic-type pieces. The first one from Dr. Nate Brooks, professor at RTS, who has written a piece about the image of God and what role that has played throughout history in protecting and not protecting the church from racism. So head over to youwepray.com to check that out and to check out all of our content. Uh, We are working hard over here. We hope it's useful for you. Grace and Peace, you're listening to United We Pray, taking racial struggles to the throne of grace. United We Pray is a ministry devoted to prayer about racial strife, especially between Christians. We want to help Christians think better about race in a way that is biblical and helpful, clear and hopeful. You can learn more about our work at youwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com, where you can find articles, old episodes, and more. I'm Austin Suter, one of the co-hosts, here with Isaac Adams. How you doing, Isaac? I'm good, man. Well, I'm I'm mostly good. We were just talking about pollen being around my about allergies and pollen, so you know that's there and not fun. Uh, I'm still confused by the movie Tenet. I still maintain the position that Inception is not that great of a movie. Here I am. I can do no other. No, I mean I feel like we should talk about this. I, I, Tenet <laughs> was what Inception tried to be, but wasn't. Tenet is, I mean, I, is a legitimately good movie. <laughs> the amount of hate mail we will get just for this for this stand um yeah i mean tenet still was super confusing to me i'm not sure i got it but you know hey here we are i do think shutter island was amazing i know that's a different director shutter island i thought was the movie that leo knocked out of the park that year but alas we, we probably have more edifying things to talk i about. i didn't see that one but it was well, yeah. It's scary. I don't really do scary either, but it's it's good. But I will say, Austin, I feel like this is one of the few things you and I, you know, besides all the other things we agree on. I was like, wow, me and Austin share an opinion on a super tertiary thing. Praise it's God. like Tenant, Five Guys, and Jesus. <laughs> That's right. Oh man, I'm still dealing with blowback from my my tweet about Five Guys being the best burger, which was an objective fact. But here we are. Well, let's move on to, you know, matters of eternal import. Probably wise. And we want to talk today about hope because we record this not long after uh, a shooting in Atlanta, uh, the morning of another shooting in Colorado, which doesn't appear to be racially motivated, but is nonetheless disheartening and terrible. And... We want to talk about why Christians should be hopeful about racial unity or whether they should be. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I can just go ahead and just kick us off with a verse to open up our time, Austin, if that's good with you. I'm just thinking of Romans 15. I mean, if Romans is like a big support letter, like a missionary support letter, uh, in a sense, um, you know, and we've got the classic kind of beautiful doctrine first 11 chapters and the, the practical on the back end. I just think of 15 being so striking. Um, let me just read Romans 15, 7 and on. He says, therefore, accept one another, just as Christ also accepted you. 
to the glory of God. And we could pause there and just how how much tension of today and strife and division could be healed by putting that, putting feet to that first. Therefore, accept one another, just as Christ also accepted you to the glory of God. For I say that, as for I say that Christ became a servant of the circumcised on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises to the fathers, and so that Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles, and I will sing praise to your name. Again, it says, rejoice you Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, let all the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will appear, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles, the Gentiles will hope in him. Now may the God of of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for us, brother. Father, you are the God of hope. We praise and worship you for this. We ask that even through this conversation, you would fill us with all joy and peace as we believe so that we would overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit as we seek to hope in the Lord Jesus. Lord, we know earlier in Romans, our brother Paul says creation is groaning and we ourselves along with it, that listeners to this podcast feel those groans in so many different ways. And yet we know the tomb is also empty. So give us hope, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's pick it up there, Isaac. That there was a lot of hope in what you just read. That word hope kept coming up time and time again. Amen. Um, as you look out around you, as you look at conversations about race, the state of unity and reconciliation in our churches, do things seem to you to be getting better or worse? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, because I think as it depends what it so often depends what we're looking at, right? So if our eyes are, which is, it makes sense why the writer of the Hebrews says, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. But in those moments where my eyes trail to kind of evangelicalism, at least represented on Twitter, I think I'm just, I just continually find myself being saddened by the vitriol, the cheap shots, the kind of the just having the conversation in the wrong place at the wrong time in the worst way and doing so publicly, it just really grieves me. Uh, but then I hear about stuff actually going on in local churches because I think it's wrong to project, you know, Twitter onto your church or whatever it may be. Uh, and I'm, encu- I'm encouraged by, you know, people are fighting to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. You know, it doesn't make the headlines, but I think that's happening. Uh, and I praise God for it. Um, so, you know, better or worse, it's hard to say flatly like, Oh, it's just getting worse. Oh, it's just getting better. Uh, the truth is the truth is probably both in different scenarios. Um, but I know how the story ends. So I'm very thankful for that. Well, we'll definitely get there, but important, I think to, recognize what you said right before that, which is just that our own perception is imperfect and skewed. So whether or not things are getting better or worse, eh, you know, we don't want to rely too much on that. That's right. Um, And so I guess my follow-up is how relevant is that question? I mean, we can't avoid being affected by our own emotions and perceptions, but 
to what extent do we want to be taking the temperature of the room as we go? Yeah, I mean, I think of a marriage, right? Um, the the young couple, and let's just say the young husband is tempted, might be tempted to kind of take the temperature of his marriage every day, every week. Like, how are we doing? We don't feel like we're as in, as much in love as we were, you know, on our honeymoon or when we were dating. And it's like, dude, just relax and do what's right by God and his word uh, and look up in a year and look up in five years and look up in 10 and you will be really encouraged by what God is doing, right? And so <clears throat> one thing that's often said is uh, don't overestimate what God can do in a year and underestimate what he can do in 10, uh, which is, it, it. I feel like I keep coming back to this, Austin, that the first description of love is that it's patient, right? So I think I think it's a good question. We don't want to kind of bury our head in the sands and be like, oh, we can't tell. Like, it's great and bad. It's like, no, there are discouraging days for sure. Uh, and there are encouraging days. But I think what we want to do is kind of look at our data set or our data sample and see, okay, what are we, what are we judging here? Are we judging the last week, the last month, the last year, the last five years, the last 10 years? And then we'll get kind of different answers, right? So if we look at racial progress from whatever we want to call it, you know, Jamestown to today, praise God, there's been progress, right? 1965 until today, praise God, there's been progress. And we kind of say in our about section on our website, I think we think, that to not recognize progress is to rob God of glory, as if it is always as bad as it could have been. It's like, praise God, laws have changed. Like, you and I could not be in the marriages we are presently in today legally over 60 years ago, over 65 years ago, or when Loving in Virginia passed, uh, as you and I are both in interracial marriages. So we want to recognize that, um, and yet at the same time recognize, I mean, this week, thinking a lot about our Asian brothers and sisters, for example, um, and just being like, this is, this is a fallen and broken world. And we live with both of those tensions as sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Yeah. I mean, this week and last week, it's been hard to avoid. It's been heavy. We've been praying for our brothers and sisters. So why when things are bad, should we be hopeful still? That's a great question. Um, because the tomb is still empty would be my short answer. Um, it's not, and, and I don't say that to say, you know, that you should not feel bad. Paul says weep, but weep as those who have hope. Uh, and I'm just going to read, uh, folks might not know this on our website, if you just go to the about section or the about tab, we kind of have our aims. Like this is what we are aiming to do in our ministry uh, and we or what we aim to be. And our last one is hopeful. And I'm just, I don't know if you have this in your notes, Austin, you probably do. Um, but I'm just going to read this. We say we want to be hopeful in what we write and pray. While, while lament is no small part of what we do, our ministry is one that carries on in light of an empty tomb. In other words, because Jesus is alive, one day racism will be dead. Fact. That is, that is not an opinion, a hypothesis, a weather prediction, but a fact. Until that day, we say, we have much work to do, hard work to do. But it's work that is rooted in the hope that Jesus will make all things new and will wipe every tear from our eyes, Revelation 21, 4-5. The tragedy surrounding race and racism cause us grief, as Lamentations 1 and 2 and 4 and 5 are rightly filled with. But our story, our story is not complete without Lamentations 3. 
The Lord is our portion, says our soul. Therefore, we will hope in him. Please pray for us that this would always be our aim, right? So, um, and I think, I'm sure maybe we'll get here. So much of it is not just talking about hope as this kind of ethereal, vague, um, kind of objectless hope that's just like a like a spiritual optimism. No, it is hope in a dead in a dead and risen savior, a savior who died and was raised and who now reigns. It is hope in him. And if he is not raised, Paul says, we're wasting our time. We might as well shut the podcast down now. Uh, so yeah, I'll stop preaching and let you ask your next question, but that 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 would be my answer. Really good. There was a lot there. Um, I love that section on our on our website. Did you write that? I think I did back when I used to write for the website, believe it or not. Yeah, so, you know, the good old days. Uh, and I know you were hoping that can pick back up, and here we are. Well, okay, uh, cheap shot aside, there are a couple things I want to camp out on in that answer. And the first is that we know how the story ends. Yeah, that's right. And so Christians can act... Um, hopefully as those to use the overused phrase on the right side of history, we know how history ends. And so when we are hopeful, we are actually acting in light of reality. Yeah. However things look in the moment, we, we are acting as in line with how things will be. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And on that, you know, I remember once, uh, just a quick story, because it's kind of March Madness time, despite my uh, my bracket. I don't even know why I bother with a bracket at this point, but uh, uh, because it's just in heaps and ashes and rubble. Um, I remember one time, I think UNC was playing Duke, and I had uh, it was an evening service, so I couldn't watch the game, so I recorded it, and I just told everyone, please, please don't tell me the score of the game, because I would just like to know it myself, right? Like, so if you see it on your phone, don't tell me. Um, my beloved mother, whom I love and I owe my life to and would never say anything bad about, uh, texted me the score of the game, like right as she saw it, and I was still in church, and I was uh, probably sinfully grumpy about knowing the score of the game. Uh, so I know that UNC won, praise God, as it should be. Uh, and Not it was, <laughs> well, okay. Thank you for that. Yes. We did beat two Duke twice this year. That's all that matters. Um, and anyway, so I go back and watch the game. I know how the game ends. UNC wins, but Austin, the funniest thing was happening while I was watching this recorded game. I know how it ends. While I was watching it, I was still getting nervous. I found myself still getting mad about things. I found myself still being like, are we going to pull this out? Like how, because they were like down by a lot at one point. I was like, how does this end? I thought I knew how this ended. And I just make that point to say, you know, if we were just computers, maybe, uh, you know, maybe we wouldn't, we wouldn't struggle with hope, but we're not. And so we're fickle beings and even just knowing the truth is sometimes, you know, it was just with our sin nature and our brokenness, we struggle to believe it at times. That's good. That's really helpful. So we know how the story ends. That's sort of the first reason why we can be hopeful, even when things look bad. The second reason I think that you alluded to earlier is that we know by whose power the change comes and it's not ours. Because when God's people look like such a mess, and we look around and we go, what, what, what's going on? What are we doing? And 
looking only at ourselves, it's very easy to be discouraged and to even despair. Right. But when we remember in our sanest moments that God's people aren't finally the answer, God is, then all of a sudden it's it's a whole lot easier to be hopeful because he's never let us down. Amen. Yeah, but I can't I don't know that I can say it better. I mean, I'm thinking of 1 Corinthians 1. So like the Corinthians, right? Like every this church had some problems. Uh and Paul knows that and he's honest about it. But he says this in 1 Corinthians 1:9. He says in the be- when he's in the beginning of his letter he says God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. You were called by him into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ our Lord. And in the verse prior to that, he will also strengthen you to the end so that you will be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, this is a church that had a lot to be blamed for. And and Paul is saying, yeah, my hope is not really in y'all at the end of the day. It's in the God who saved y'all, is saving y'all, and will save y'all. And that's exactly right, man. It's whenever whenever we are anxious and despairing, it's they're coupled with that is often a deep sense of our own responsibility. I don't think it's usually a, I don't believe God is real anymore. Though some people I'm sure and kind of despairing over racial matters may have gotten to a low place like that. I think it's more so I feel so deeply a burden for the unity of my church. I feel so deeply the responsibility to do to do justice and love mercy. And yet we have to realize, you know, as one pastor said, that uh, when we try to carry out our responsibilities and then quickly look for fruit, uh, which is why patience is so key. It's like, okay, I'm going to go do the right thing. Why is there no fruit? And now I'm despairing. What we're doing is we're, we have our hands on the steering wheel too tightly and we need to let go and be like, God is driving this ship or God is driving this car, and he will get it to the destination it needs to be. And my job is to be faithful. Amen. And this sort of answers the charge that others can make or that Isaac, I find myself like leveling against myself. Sure. Which is, you know, am I just being naive? Yeah. As I look at the state of unity in the church and things seem to be a mess and I'm trying to be hopeful, my cynical self will say, it, bro, that's just naive. That that naivete forgets God. Yeah, like it, it forgets right. who's working and who's responsible. Yeah, if God were dead, you you were you would be naive. That's Paul's whole point, right? Yeah, and God is alive, and with Him, all things are possible. And He could have made it. You know, He could have made it so. Hey, save Jew, save Gentile. I don't want y'all together, or I'll just save y'all at the end of time. Don't worry about it. Um, but he has seen fit to put us in a lot of us in integrated societies where we're, where we're trying to, he has seen fit to save people from every tribe and tongue, right? This is not a complicated fact. Uh, and we don't just get to skip to the end, right? It is suffering, then glory. And so we, we want to recognize, uh, that God is, is the realest reality here that it is not naivete and that it is hope. And it's all, it's easy. It's easy to think, you know, I was reading, uh, or I should say I was listening to Malcolm X's autobiography and it was just interesting, man. It's read by Lawrence Fishburne. It's really well done. It's oh, really, oh, it's sad though. It's just so sad. I mean, you, you hear about his life and it doesn't justify his kind of 
anger, hatred. Uh, but like you hear about his life and it's, it explains a lot, man. But anyway, he just, he at one point he just says, y'all are wasting your time with integration. And I wonder kind of how many people have, have shifted over to that mindset. You are wasting your time with integration. And man, I'm just, I'm putting that flag in the ground. I think we are not wasting our time with integration. I think it's really hard. I think it looks different in different circumstances. I think we need to be wise with it. I think there are a thousand caveats, but I think Jesus died for integration. I understand for our justification, all that, but I'm talking about the practical. I'm talking about Ephesians 11 or Ephesians 2, 11 to 22. Um, and it's messy and hard and it's easy to be hopeless in. So you mentioned a caution against uh, sort of repeatedly taking the temperature nonstop and saying like, okay, I'm being faithful. What's happening? Where are the results? Where's the fruit? Come on, come on, come on. How do we keep from making our joy dependent on immediately perceivable results? Yeah, I think we want to find again, the object of our joy. So if you, the, if the object, first of all, it's okay to want fruit and results, right? John, John 15, you will bear fruit, much fruit, he says. Like, good, like, praise God. Now, he doesn't say what that fruit will be, per se, um, but we want we want fruit. Like, we're not against that. Like, I hope, that, I, I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I didn't think or pray for, like, Lord, let this help people as they seek to maintain the unity of your spirit and the bond of peace, insofar as it regards race and racism and the things we talk about. Um but at the end of the day, my hope is not in that ultimately. And Austin, this has been a huge challenge for me as I'm coming through the finish line on this book uh, I'm writing and that you've been helping me with. It's just, it's like, oh, I just want this book to fix things and help. The, and it's just like, my hope cannot be in how this book is received and how this book is ultimately, if people like it or don't like it. Uh, I hope it's helpful. But at the end of the day, my hope is in Jesus. And if, I'm only joyful in Jesus when my circumstances are good or the fruit I'm, I've hoped for uh, comes to bear, then I'm not joyful in Jesus. I'm joyful in those circumstances. And so it's just, I just like daily have to realign my joy so that it is in Jesus and not dependent upon circumstances. And that's, it's just such a fine line from wanting fruit to now my joy is dependent upon fruit. And that's where we want to walk it back and say, no, my joy is in Jesus. And he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. I think Luke 10, 20, don't rejoice that the spirits obey you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Oh, my goodness. That, bro, that verse, I mean, that, I mean, isn't that, that is exactly it, Austin. It's like, you're coming back like, yo, the spirits are subject to us. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. That, that's not what you want. And that's, I think that's why in God's grace, he has those accounts for us where the disciples are like, we can't cast this one out. We, we can't do that. And Jesus is like, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think that's good for us to know. Well, I think that's an appropriate place for us to end unless you have anything else. We know how the story ends, Revelation 7. We know how we get there by the power of God and hope in that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, despite, and it's just, you've got to keep your eyes on, if you, if you keep your eyes on Twitter. Oh my goodness. You are just signing up for spiritual discouragement. <laughs> like you're, unless you follow one person, right? Um, 
But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you're going to keep going. You're going to keep going. So have your eyes on Jesus. Have your eyes on your own church, your own life, your own teaching, your own holiness, and then look up occasionally and see what God's doing. Let's pray. You go first, bro. All right. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this ministry, for this brother who is a great partner in it. Lord, help us to be faithful in those things, but not ultimately to hope in them. Help us to keep marching forward, to keep working, to keep uh, track of our own obedience, our own faithfulness to you. But Lord, help our hope to be anchored solely in you. And may that drive our obedience. Um, don't let us don't let us get that backwards. Keep us from despair. Amen. Keep us from in action. Um, and Lord, come quickly, we pray in Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, we come to you as a people who often feel familiar with those first couple chapters of Lamentations. We come to you as a people uh, who are saddened that mass shootings almost seem common. And so, Lord, we come to you asking for you to reignite our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and let that be the predominant note that plays in our souls and our minds and our hearts. Lord, you, you, you made so clear to Abraham that nothing is too hard for you. Time and time and again, we see in the scriptures the simple fact that the Lord Jesus Christ said that with God, all things are possible. Repentance of racism is possible. Two people who couldn't disagree more coming together is possible. Lord, nothing is too hard for you. And so we ask, Father, that we would, that we would remember that because we forget it. We know how the game ends, and yet we still get nervous. So, Father, we need your spirit that we might overflow with hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter, when looking at the waves, began to sink. So help us to keep our eyes on Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. Bro, so encouraging just talking about. I, I feel like it's, I mean, time and time again, Austin, I feel like it's like we're just doing basic Christian stuff and it's so easy to think you can graduate from the basics as a Christian and the second you think you have is the second you prove you haven't. Like we just... Yeah, you better watch out for that. Yeah, man, we just need hope. So folks, um, thank you for joining us uh, for this episode here in season seven. Uh, I think Austin, you've already... They'll have heard uh, new new articles on the website, stuff coming out, goodness, all the time. Austin, thank you for your work on that. Uh, check out our aims. I mean, we, we mean for those to kind of be our ministry's prayer requests. So if you're like, how can I pray for the folks at United We Pray? Go to the About section. Look at our aims. There's only four of them. They're pretty short. Just pray those things for us that we be hopeful, helpful, clear, and biblical uh, in all that we do. Besides that, we'll sign off here, folks. Grace and peace. <laughs>